God has prepared a place for those that love Him and abide on Him faithfully. We must always look forward, pressing towards the goal, setting our eyes not on the things of this world, but rather on Him that suffered and endured the cross so that we could have eternal life, so that we could have this eternal hope of salvation and reward. Hello and welcome to another message from the Latter Rain Ministries, where we're dedicated to sharing Jesus Christ and His truth with the world. Today we'll be seeing that God will always be with us if we are faithful. This world is not an easy place. There will always be challenges, especially when we try to do what is right and just before God, because this world is at odds with God. This world is ruled by Satan and sin, and if we are to please the Lord, we must not give in, but rather go against the world. The excellent news is that we don't have to be alone doing it. God can be with us through it all, through the Lord Jesus Christ, but we need to be faithful to Him. Today's message is inspired on Genesis chapter 39. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, Holy Lord, blessing and honor and glory be to you, O God. Blessed be the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Heavenly Father, your will be done on earth as it is done in heaven. I pray, O Lord God, in the name of Jesus, always for your mercy and for your grace. Please God, Heavenly Father, forgive our sins. Lord God, in the name of Jesus, I pray, Heavenly Father, for your guidance. Help us to understand, O Lord, that we need to be faithful. That, Lord God, you remain faithful. You abide faithful always. But that we need to remain faithful as well, Lord God. Blessed are you, O Lord God, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen. Today's key passage is in the book of Genesis, chapter 39. This is the word of the Lord. Now Joseph had been taken down to Egypt, and Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, captain of the guard, an Egyptian, bought him from the Ishmaelites, who had taken him down there. The Lord was with Joseph, and he was a successful man, and he was in the house of his master, the Egyptian. And his master saw that the Lord was with him, and that the Lord made all he did to prosper in his hand. So Joseph found favor in his sight and served him. Then he made him overseer of his house, and all that he put under his authority. So it was from the time that he had made him overseer of his house and all that he had, that the Lord blessed the Egyptian's house for Joseph's sake. And the blessing of the Lord was on all that he had in the house and in the field. Thus he left all that he had in Joseph's hand. And he did not know what he had except for the bread which he ate. Now Joseph was handsome in form and appearance. And it came to pass after these things that his master's wife, casting longing eyes on Joseph, and said, Lie with me. But he refused and said to his master's wife, Look, my master does not know what is with me in the house, and he has committed all that he has to my hand. There is no one greater in this house than I, nor has he kept back anything from me but you, because you are his wife. How then can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? So it was, as she spoke to Joseph day by day, that he did not heed her to lie with her or to be with her. But it happened about this time, when Joseph went into the house to do his work, 
and none of the men of the house was inside, that she caught him by his garment, saying, Lie with me. But he left his garment in her hand and fled and ran outside. And so it was, when she saw that he had left his garment in her hand and fled outside, that she called to the men of her house and spoke to them, saying, See, he has brought in to us a Hebrew to mock us. He came in to lie with me, and I cried out with a loud voice. And it happened when he heard that I lifted my voice and cried out that he left his garment with me and fled and went outside. So she kept his garment with her until his master came home. And she spoke to him with words like these, saying, The Hebrew servant whom you brought to us came in to me to mock me. So it happened as I lifted my voice and cried out that he left his garment with me and fled outside. So it was when his master heard the words which his wife spoke to him, saying, Your servant did to me after this manner, that his anger was aroused. Then Joseph's master took him and put him into the prison, a place where the king's prisoners were confined, and he was there in the prison. But the Lord was with Joseph and showed him mercy and gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison. And the keeper of the prison committed to Joseph's hand all the prisoners who were in the prison. Whatever they did there, it was his doing. The keeper of the prison did not look into anything that was under Joseph's authority because the Lord was with him and whatever he did, the Lord made it prosper. For those of you that are not familiar with this Joseph's life, he was the son of Jacob, one of the 12 children, the firstborn that Jacob or Israel had with his wife, Rachel. Joseph was Israel's favorite son, the one he loved above all of the other children. This same Joseph was sold by his brothers as a slave because they envied him. And Joseph's brothers had told Jacob, their father, that Joseph was killed by a wild animal. Joseph had a very difficult life with very significant ups and downs and suffered much hardship unjustly. Joseph had done nothing wrong to his brothers, but yet he was sold into slavery by them. Joseph had done nothing wrong to Potiphar's wife in the story we read today, but yet he was charged with rape. But in every situation, we could read that despite his hardship and unjust circumstances, God was with him. And why was that? Because Joseph never gave up on the Lord. He remained faithful to the Lord despite his difficult circumstances. There is no record of Joseph turning against the Lord. And this is something we should pay attention to. This world is full of injustice and evil. And this is so because of sin, because sin entered the world through Adam and Eve. Ever since then, we have been dealing with the sins of our ancestors, with the sins of all those people that surround us, and of course, with our own sins. No one in this world is free from sin. Every single one of us is a sinner, so we all contribute in one way or another to the problems we all have here and now. But despite all of that, there is something that can be different, and that is that God can be with us despite our sinfulness and imperfections. The single most difficult thing that everyone has to deal with in this world is being alone. No matter how many people we may have around us, how much family and friends we can have surrounding us at a given moment, there will be times when we find ourselves completely alone, especially when going through hardship. But one of the greatest treasures we can have through the Lord Jesus Christ is that we don't have to be alone anymore. Through what he did on the cross, we can have God himself in our lives within our hearts. And that is the greatest thing any person could ever have, that God Almighty can be with us. 
This is what Joseph had, and this is what we can have also, especially now through the Lord Jesus Christ, Emmanuel, God with us. How does this happen? How can we have God be with us always? According to the Word of God, we need to repent and convert from all of our sins. Turn with all of our hearts to the Lord. We cannot justify our sins before Him. He simply asks that we acknowledge our sins and turn from them completely. And of course, in order to belong to God, we must give ourselves over to Him out of our own free will. We must surrender our lives to Him and let Him be the Lord of our lives fully, completely, without reservations. This is something that must be left very clear. We are not born children of God. We are God's creation, but we are not automatically His children. We need to make a decision for the Lord. We need to receive Him in our lives. God never violates our free will. He allows for every person to make that decision, to choose for themselves for Him. This is what the Word of God says in John chapter 1. But as many as received Him, to them He gave the right to become children of God, to those who believe in His name. Joseph had made a decision to make the Lord his God, no matter what. And we must do that also. And we must abide on that decision. Our resolve and conviction must stay true to the Lord despite whatever circumstances so he can continue being with us. We must remain faithful to the Lord. And the only way we can abide faithfully to the Lord is by learning to love him. There is no other way. That is his perfect will for us to learn to love him. That's the only way that he can be with us no matter what. And not only be with us, but also make even those difficult and unjust things that can occur to work in our favor or for our own good, as it is written. And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. And so when we love the Lord, he can make everything that happens in our lives even those things that seem bad to be good for us. This is what happened with Joseph. Joseph went through hardship, but through each experience, God was with him and helped him. And he was able to overcome his circumstances, but he remained faithful. The Lord tells us this, that those that have surrendered their lives to him. In Deuteronomy chapter 31, it says, be strong and of good courage, do not fear, nor be afraid of them, for the Lord your God, he is the one who goes with you. He will not leave you nor forsake you. This is something we must bear in mind also, as difficult as things may get. Now, God can be with us, but that doesn't mean that life will be perfect here and now. And we already went through that before, that life here is not perfect because of sin. But the Word of God says that we need to even go through tribulations, which go above and beyond the consequences of our sins. Tribulation is difficulty that goes above and beyond the consequences of our wrong actions. In Acts chapter 14, it says, And when they had preached the gospel to that city and made many disciples, they returned to Lystra, Iconium, and Antioch, strengthening the souls of the disciples, exhorting them to continue in the faith and saying, we must, through many tribulations, enter the kingdom of God. You see, God never promised us that life would be perfect for us here and now if we made a decision for him, if we surrendered our lives to him. That's why this health and wealth gospel that is preached out there is wrong. God may 
or may not allow for you to be healed from physical problems. God may or may not allow for your financial issues to go away. Just because you come to Christ does not mean that all of your problems go away here and now. Look at what Psalm 23 says. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his namesake. Yeah, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. The Lord is with us. He can be with us, but we may find ourselves in the valley of the shadow of death. There are enemies that will spring up, and those enemies might be our own family and supposed loved ones. But throughout that, his promise is not about a perfect, pain-free life. His promise is that he will be with us no matter what. Now, some might ask, why do we need to go through hardship? Why can't life be easy and problem-free? What is the reason for tribulation? God allows for these things to happen in our lives so that we can be trained and ready for what follows. Joseph grew through his circumstances. God prepared him for what was coming through this hardship or else Joseph would not have been ready for when God allowed for Pharaoh to put him as his second in command over the entire kingdom in a very trying time for the known world for seven years of famine. Joseph needed to be ready for that and his circumstances prepared him for that. It is God's will for all of us to be transformed, changed, and made into the likeness of Jesus Christ, who is the form of all perfection. We can't stay the way we are or else we will be useless to God. This is why we need to cling on to his word as it is written. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. God wants us to be equipped, ready for every good work. That's why we must prepare ourselves through his word so we can face whatever circumstance and challenge and overcome through him, through the power of his Holy Spirit to be made that much stronger and ready for what is coming. What is coming? Something that is far greater than this temporary world will ever be, and it will be eternal. In Revelations chapter one, we see a small glimpse of this where it says, now I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. Also, there was no more sea. Then I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people. God himself will be with them and be their God. And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There shall be no more death, nor sorrow, nor crying. There shall be no more pain, for the former things have passed away. Then he who sat on the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said to me, Write, for these words are true and faithful. And he said to me, It is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, 
the beginning and the end, I will give of the fountain of the water of life freely to him who thirsts. He who overcomes shall inherit all things, and I will be his God, and he shall be my son. But the cowardly, unbelieving, abominable, murderers, sexually immoral, sorcerers, idolaters, and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burns with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. This is what awaits those that are faithful to the Lord, that endure hardship for him, that overcome trial, temptation, and tribulation through faith in him. The word of God says, the just shall live by faith. What does that mean? That we are always pressing forward towards the prize. That is why we must live by faith, always looking forward, trusting in the Lord that greater things are waiting for us. God can help us with our circumstances here and now, but we should not put our faith in the here and now, except on the fact that God will be with us here and now. We need his presence, his indwelling, his guidance, his wisdom and truth so we can overcome and what we need to overcome so we can attain through the Lord Jesus Christ what is coming. For it is written in 1 Corinthians, it says, I has not seen nor ear heard nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. We are to be like Abraham, who was a friend to God. This is what the scriptures say about Abraham. By faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to the place which he would receive as an inheritance. And he went out, not knowing where he was going. By faith, he dwelt in the land of promise as in a foreign country, dwelling in tents with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. For he waited for the city which has foundations, whose builder and maker is God. Abraham is the father of faith, and we become Abraham's children when we follow his same God through faith, always abiding on the Lord Jesus Christ. The scriptures continue saying in Hebrews chapter 11, these all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off, were assured of them, embraced them, and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. For those who say such things declare plainly that they seek a homeland. And truly, if they had called to mind that country from which they had come out, they would have had opportunity to return. But now they desire a better, that is, a heavenly country. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. God has prepared a place for those that love him and abide on him faithfully. We must always look forward, pressing towards the goal, setting our eyes not on the things of this world, but rather on him that suffered and endured the cross so that we could have eternal life, so that we could have this eternal hope of salvation and reward. For it is written, Therefore we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us. And let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. And so like this Joseph, let us endure whatever hardship that may come our way. Let us abide faithfully, even though things may not look so good here and now. Let us press forward to the prize that only God can give so that God can be with us and help us to get what really matters. 
This world and everything in it will one day all go away, but the Lord is forever. And so let us do God's will on earth so we can be allowed to enter his kingdom through the Lord Jesus Christ. I think we all know that life here will never be easy. It has never been easy and it will never be easy. But the good news is that we have much greater things to look forward to if we remain faithful to the Lord, if we abide on him. And through it all, we can have the greatest benefit that God can be with us through it all. But I cannot stress enough that we must abide on him. We cannot give up on our faith in Christ. We cannot let ourselves be overtaken by the world and its influences. Does this mean that we must be perfect? Not necessarily. We are not perfect people. We will never be perfect people while living in this flesh either. But we must press forward towards the goal. We must let the Holy Spirit work in our lives. And his goal is for us to be transformed, changed, be made new people with a different mind, leaving aside the carnal things and walking in the spirit. The word of God says this, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Why is it important to prove the will of God, to do God's will? Because that is the only way we will be allowed to enter the kingdom of God. For it is written, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. Joseph did God's will while here on earth. He remained faithful to God through his circumstances and despite his circumstances. Joseph is a wonderful example of what faithfulness to the Lord is like. And we should look to examples like this so we can follow them. Joseph didn't suffer for doing evil things, but rather because of his love and faithfulness to the Lord. And the Lord not only was with him through it all, but the Lord also lifted him up and more importantly, rewarded him in the afterlife and what matters most. So for your own sake, remain faithful to the Lord. Seek to do his will, no matter what the cost. Put your faith on the Lord because without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. I leave with you the words of encouragement left by the apostle Paul, as he said, therefore, we do not lose heart even though our outward man is perishing, yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory, while we do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, Holy God, I praise you and I worship you, O Lord. Blessing and honor and glory be to you, O Lord God, now and always and forever and ever. Thank you for your son, Jesus Christ. Thank you for the salvation and hope that we can have through him. Thank you, Heavenly Father, Lord God, for the eternal life that we have through the shedding of his blood. Heavenly Father, please forgive us for the price that our salvation costs. But I give you thanks that it was done. 
Heavenly Father, help us to understand that we must abide faithfully to you. Heavenly Father, help us to understand that we need, we need to remain in you, to be strong in you, to always look forward, to not pay so much attention to the here and now, but to set our eyes on Jesus Christ, on eternity. Heavenly Father, help us, O God. I give you thanks and I praise you. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen. Please join us again next time as we look into God's Word together. And if you have any questions or just need some prayer, please email us through our website. If you want to listen to other messages, you can go to our website or look for our podcast in the Apple iTunes store under The Latter Rain Ministries to subscribe. The Latter Rain Ministries is a self-supporting Christian ministry dedicated to sharing Jesus Christ and His truth with the world. The Lord is near. May God bless you.